Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson Cohen, founder and CEO of A Sweat Life. And with me today is Eliza Blake. She is the founder and CEO of The Sill, a company we love because they deliver plants and plants make people happy. Eliza, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and The Sill? Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And what I can tell you about The Sill is that I started it in 2012. So we were just talking about this almost nine years, nine and a half years ago. So the better part of my adult life has actually been running this company. I was 26 when I started. I'm 36 today, which sounds kind of crazy, but I've dedicated, hey. I've dedicated my whole life to connecting people with plants because I do believe that plants make people happy. Wait, do you mean today is your actual birthday? No, 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 no. But <laughs> I, we're a couple weeks away. I have like two weeks until my birthday. Okay. I was like, well, this is very exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a long time to spend on one brand too. I absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, I've grown up with this business. And when you started the company versus today, um, I'm sure you're complete, a completely different human. Is there a difference in how you work, how you lead? Oh, I mean, truly everything has changed for the better. I think, I actually think aging is a gift, right? Because we, we are, given an opportunity to take everything that we've learned and incorporate it into how we live our life today. So not that I'm good at that necessarily, but I try and spend more time today now reflecting on the past and learning from it. And so absolutely. I mean, I was, um, I was with my husband, we were dating at the time, but I mean, I was 26 and dating. I am now married with a kid and, you know, it changes everything about how you have to think about the business and how you grow the business and how you run the business. But I, I love actually this stage of my company. Mm-hmm. And how old is your, is your child? My daughter's two and a half, which is actually such a super fun age. Um, I'm tired as you can tell, but <laughs> I can't tell, <laughs> but that's okay. It's, we have such a blast together. And um, even this past, you know, 18 months uh, getting to work from home has been really wonderful. It's a lucky time. It's it's fun hearing you talk about the start of the sill too, because even like your age, your stage in your relationship, like I, I'm a mirror image of you in that way too. Like I had just started dating my husband and started the company and he was like, yeah, this is a good idea. <laughs> Not realizing <laughs> it would take over our lives. Um, yeah. But here we are. Uh, here we are. So I'd love to hear Eliza um, this year in Chicago where a sweat life is headquartered. We were so lucky to have a sill brick and mortar shop yes, open. Yes. Um, can you talk us through these brick and mortar shops and, and yeah. kind of what you're thinking there? Yeah, absolutely. So I started the sale in 2012 and I opened our first brick and mortar store in 2014, almost by accident. Um, and the story behind that is that we, um, I didn't have an office space. I was borrowing a desk and it was actually at my brother's office. So gay for siblings. And we, we had taken over. There was dirt everywhere. There were plants everywhere. And he was running, you know, a, a normal business. He was yeah. running a, a creative agency at the time. And so I finally realized that we needed our own space. And we were starting to get to a point where rent felt achievable, just any rent. <laughs> and so when I started looking for a space, I actually came across an empty um, bodega, you know, that's what we have in New York, in Chinatown that was near close to the office. 
And I just, I called the number and, and I, it turned out that I could afford it. And that was actually our entry into retail was I needed space of any kind and found this retail location. It was teeny tiny. It's still our, our it still exists today. Um, it's our Hester street location. It's about a hundred square feet, if you can believe it. And uh, we didn't even open it yet knowing that it was going to become a retail location. But over the course of the first 12 months, it's, it slowly evolved into that. And then it taught me so much about the company that I was trying to build because, of course, I could have real dialogue with people coming in off the street who wanted to shop for plants. Whereas before, we were exclusively online. And you can learn about customers to some extent, but not, not in the same way as having a store. And so almost from the get-go, I mean, two years out of 10, um, we started with stores and very much knew that it was going to be a part of our DNA. And it's our value system to really just be close to the customer, if that makes sense. And so Chicago, so we started shipping nationally in 2015, and Chicago has always shown up on our map as one of our best and biggest communities, which I bet I know why, because you guys have weather just like us. And when it's cold and you're stuck inside, you want a big, beautiful plant like what you have behind you. So shipping to Chicago since 2015 um, obviously, we hit COVID, a lot of disruption, especially in retail. We stopped opening new stores, but I was so, so thrilled that our first store post-COVID could be in Chicago, where we just love the community and, and they love us. And so now we get to actually interface in real life, in person with Chicago. We love it too. And it's right near the Southport Corridor, uh, which is an awesome place to be. The neighborhood is just delightful. <laughs> it's so lovely. It's so lovely. I, I really can't say enough good things about it. Yeah. Yeah. And people love the schools. Oh, <laughs> I bet. They I love bet. the schools. Up there. So Eliza, I'm, I'm curious. I obviously I poked around on your LinkedIn. Um, so I know you, you spent some time in creative branding, I believe. And then you went on to work at Living Proof. So what took you from those roles and brought you to plants? Yeah. So I grew up in uh, Western Massachusetts. So a very, I say that because, you know, you think of New York City, but I grew up with grass under my feet, right? Mm -hmm. So until I was 18 years old, I lived in Western Massachusetts. I literally drove by cows on my way to high school. Um, and my mother is a really avid gardener. And she, she's an, not only is she an avid gardener, but she is really the original houseplant evangelist. She's just so magical with plants. And so just imagine that that was the backdrop to my childhood. And then I came to decide to go to school in New York City. And it was this crazy departure for me um, to go from such a lush and beautiful green part of the country to, you know, literally the concrete jungle. And so in some ways, the idea for the sill started right when I hit college because I was seeking nature in so many different ways. I was mm -hmm. like walking to Central Park just to lay in the grass, like through some of the grittiest parts of New York City. And then I was trying to incorporate plants into my, you know, my dorm room, my first apartment, kind of throughout my early career and just being really frustrated because when you're in a city, especially, you just don't have an opportunity to hop in a car and go visit an independent garden center, which is how I spent my childhood. And so the initial idea, and this gets to your goal setting, was how do I actually solve this problem for people like myself who want to incorporate nature into their lives, but don't know where to begin or just don't have access to it. 
Um, so that's really how it started. I did start my career in brand strategy. I worked at Living Proof for nearly four years. And it was all for the sake of building the sill. Because when I first had the idea, I was 21 years old and I had no professional experience at all. So I didn't know what to do with the idea. And so I started working and then I got closer to my goal of starting my own business by joining Living Proof, which, which itself was a startup. Um, and I got four years under my belt there of really, really rapid growth and expansion and being multi-channel and being online, but also being in brick and mortar. And, and finally in, in 2012, I was ready to take the leap. Oh, wow. Okay. So let's, let's jump in, um, to your big goals. I know you kind of teased it just now, but solving that problem of, of plants, um, it sounds like it was important to you because you missed it, but what did you do to achieve um, that goal to start solving that problem. I mean, it's so crazy looking back on it now because I did everything. I did everything because I knew nothing. So, you know, outside from the industry, it's not like I grew up in the plant industry. So I really had to learn it um, from nothing, from scratch. And that meant reading everything I could, talking to everyone I could. I was literally getting on a plane and flying down to Florida to go to trade shows to just ask everyone at any booth who was willing to give me the time of day, how does this work? How do, where, where do plants originate from? How do they get across the country? Where do they end up? Who's buying plants from where? And, and then how could I effectively do it differently in order to solve for this particular problem, which is how does a young professional living in a city who's likely a novice with plants connect with nature? So, uh, all I can say is it was a lot of literal dirty work. It was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears as like, you know, you're, you yourself, you're an entrepreneur, you know, I was doing the markets. I was doing the, the pickups, the deliveries, the potting, the customer service. I, I was the janitor, you know, I did all the things because it was almost exclusively me for, you know, many, many years. Um, and it was hard, uh, but, but I was so gratified because Quite frankly, the moment we launched in 2012, we were getting really amazing feedback. We were getting feedback from people like me saying, what a brilliant service or what a brilliant idea. I love what you're doing. And that just kept me going. I remember in 2012, that was kind of the beginning of like getting things delivered. Yes, to yes. House that, it was Warby Parker started, I think, in 2012. Yeah. And it, the world was just kind of changing. The the things that you could have sent to your door uh, were just, it was upended. Like it, yeah. um, can you, can you think of another company uh, that launched before you that really inspired you? Oh, so many. Well, in fact, um, Sprout Home, which is also in Chicago, Tara um, is like, I, I told her this the other day, I was like, you're the OG, like truly. Um, I, you know, there were a few who came I mean, there were many who came before me, right? But um, uh, Tara from Sprout, because she also had a location in New York City. Um, and then Hilton Carter, who I am just so thrilled for because he is, I mean, quite frankly, blowing up, um, has been in sort of like the plant styling space um, for definitely well over a decade. And he doesn't run you know, a plant uh, business or a plant store. He actually just did a collaboration with Target. Um, but he's been evangelizing plants from the beginning. Um, Justina Blakely um, is another one. Um, uh, Joy Cho from Oh Joy was like real loggers um, who totally is just so inspirational. I mean, there's so many. Um, but yeah, to your point, 
this this moment in time when we started was also when you know the Warby Parkers of the world and the Caspers of the world were starting to disrupt sort of like your very blah experience around eyeglasses or mattresses or you know even food delivery to some extent. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also interesting to think about just like the way people talk about plants and from 2012 to now. Um, there, I mean, there are TikTok plant influencers. How, I, I guess how has the world changed for house plants in this uh, time? You know, it's so incredible for me to actually like take the time to reflect because nobody nobody cared about house plants <laughs> when I started. I remember people thought I was nuts. Like my friends, my family, like my parents were so supportive, but like, I knew they thought I was crazy, you know? And even today when they're, when people ask me like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm, I run a houseplant business. They're like, what in the world does that mean? Um, so, but you know, we have seen uh, an incredible adoption, um, of plants and even gardening and, you know, five of the 6 million new gardeners that have come the industry are millennials. So it's really driven by young people. It's, I think, driven by sort of a change in our value system and like how we want to spend our time and, and what we want to surround ourselves with. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm actually curious. It's interesting you brought it up that you think everyone thought you were crazy. I'm, I'm wondering what the reactions were when you left your good, stable job um, to to run the plant business? Good question. Good question. So, you know, and I tell people this a lot, like for me, you know, I think you can start a business by the way, at any age and any stage. Um, There's obviously other obstacles that you have to consider. So for me, there was an advantage. I was 26 years old and the sweet spot of like very little responsibility, right? I didn't have kids yet, but also five years of professional experience under my belt. So for me, I was thinking, okay, if this doesn't work out, I will just go get another job. Because I'd at that point had a resume, I felt like I had built sort of a skill set that was marketable. Um, And we were already past the 2008 recession. And so, you know, that hurt a lot of people that I know. But, you know, again, 2012, like we were kind of starting to see opportunities come up again. I mean, recessions Mm -hmm. generally lead to innovation. And that's why you see a lot of entrepreneurship happening in and around recessions. But I felt pretty confident that, you know, if if I needed to just like go back to work, I would. Um, And that's ultimately how I convinced, you know, my boyfriend and my parents that like I wasn't totally crazy. Like I had a plan. And all you need really is a plan and a little fearlessness, which it sounds yeah. like you have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in, re- in reflecting on these nine and a half years and, and all that you've accomplished, was there a point when you felt like, oh, I can, we, we've made it, I can relax a little bit. Was there any one thing that made you feel? <laughs> yeah. I mean, which is like, in some ways sad to say, because I do say, you know, I try and encourage my team, like what we don't, what I think across the board, like, I don't know if it's a generation or a societal thing, we don't pause enough to like congratulate ourselves for a job well done. And so I need to like take a page out of my own book because I often tell my team that like, you know, what we've just accomplished, whether it was, you know, launching a new product or opening a new store, like we really need to celebrate these moments because otherwise life just passes us by. Um, But I would also say that I am like very much also the mindset of like, you know, when people are like, wow, like, look what you've done. And I'm like, uh, I don't know, maybe like, sometimes I feel like the rug is going to be pulled out from under me every single day. And like, there's no single day where everything just like goes according to plan. So you definitely have to get cozy with the roller coaster. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I think that's 
good intel for young entrepreneurs to hear, especially from someone you look at the cell and you look at what you've done and you look at all of the locations you've opened, you look at your Instagram following, you know, like you've, for anyone on the outside looking in, like you've made it, you know, but on the, on the inside, you're, you're, I'm sure you're I'm terrified. Still, yeah. <laughs> you're just wondering. That's so interesting. Cause it's at any stage, um, we're all just making it up. And that's, what's terrifying is like, you think, and this is, you know, I've talked about this in, in the past in other interviews, like what I've come to learn in my thirties is that no one knows what they're doing nobody does. And so, you know, you, you, all you can do is try new things and learn from your mistakes, but there's no, like, I don't think there's like a version, you know, and I now have mentors who run businesses much larger than the sill. I don't think they feel like they've made it. I think, you know, I think we're all just terrified and trying to like do the best we can. Yeah, I totally agree. I I think what comes with your thirties to your point is almost like the ability to take a breath when something bad happens, be like, yes, Okay. <laughs> yeah. but, but, all right. I've, I've probably been here before. <laughs> and then you find the solution. Um, on our team, I, I have, I have similar trouble like, actually celebrating things too. We appointed a celebration czar. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Good because for you. That. What a great, that's so creative. Well, because I, she kept being like, mm, it's Marie's birthday. <laughs> Should we celebrate? I'm like, yes. <laughs> so now we have someone who's in charge of that. Before we take a quick break for some Zen with Sunday Scaries, we want to remind you how obsessed we are with their delicious and super effective CBD-infused gummies packed with vitamins D3 and B12. Enjoy 20% off on their website with code LIFE20 so you can enter max relax mode. That's L-I-F-E-20. Now let's take a pause for calm with one of our favorite grounding techniques, using all of your senses. Using your senses, pick out five things you can see. Four things you can feel. Three things you can hear. Two things you can smell. And one thing you can taste. There, that's not so scary. Now go take on the day. Let's jump into the future. I wanna know, Eliza, what is a big goal that you are setting for the future and how do you plan to get there? So, what a great question. And I think this, it's those types of questions that make us, you know, pause, right? And, you know, when I think back to the start of my business, I think my framework, right, was very problem solution oriented. It was like, solve for plants. How do I like make plants easier, more accessible, more exciting? It was very like problem solution. When I think about the future, and this sounds, you know, a little, um, esoteric maybe, but it's like, I want to light people up, like full stop. That is my goal. Our mission actually at the SIL, our core purpose is to bring life to people and people to life. And that's, you know, that to me, that's what I'm trying to do now. How, how am I doing that? I mean, I'm not sure, but, um, but we're, but we're really aiming for that. You know, I believe so deeply in the power of plants and we've seen it, especially through COVID, you know, we saw an acceleration of interest in plants because we 
desperately needed them. You know, I believe plants are, we, we say this all the time, they are the source of resilience and restoration to mitigate the modern condition. How we live our life is messed up and we need plants to help us get through that. And so the more people that I can connect with plants, I think the more we can feel lit up inside and outside. And, and I mean, even that to the extent of like, how can I build a beautiful business where people who work at the sill feel amazing? And how do we make our customers feel amazing? I love that. When you were saying that, I, I there were so many directions um, that you can go with that big idea too. Like I was picturing like a forest bathing retreat. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So yes. many things, so many things you can do. Um, I love that. And I, I think the idea of what I hear from it is joy. Yes, absolutely. I mean, plants make people happy. That's where we started, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's like, how do we continually build on that and expand, you know, our thinking about how we can impact, you know, our, our the, the lives of our individual customers in, in this positive way by connecting them nature. I, I actually got out and went for a walk. You said you got caught in the rain. I went for a walk and it's, it's humid. It's probably gonna rain later, but you know, man, like we all just need to go for a walk sometimes, you know, how can, how can the sill encourage you to go for a walk in the woods? You know, there's, there are so many things that we can and should be doing. I love that. Are, are there, I'm, I'm curious if there are any like community elements or any, um, any ways that you'll be bringing people together through that yes. idea. So, I mean, COVID was, you know, challenging, right? Because so much of, you know, plants is actually interesting. I should pause and say like, there's, there's a contingency who love plants because it's actually like a very um, introspective activity, right? Like when I take care of my plants, I'm actually usually by myself, but mm-hmm. it's also a very like lovely shared experience. Like you see community gardens, you, you see like the power of workshops and the education and the horticultural therapy that takes place. So we are very excited to go from sort of like the more digital um, self-reflective mode to like social. And so we've always had workshops. We used to have them in our stores. We intend to start them back up. Hopefully this fall, you know, all things um, continue to go well. And yeah, exactly. So, you know, workshops and events, we do paid workshops. We do free workshops. We're getting really um, um, uh, excited about, um, hosting and facilitating plant swaps, which we found like is a really nice way to get people who have a shared love of plants to connect in sort of like a non, I mean, quite frankly, like a non-commercial way because like Mm -hmm. they're all just bringing their own plants. And like, we've all acquired a lot of plants during the pandemic. So like, Mm -hmm. what a great way to just bring plant people together, which is like to swap their plants. So we do um, a lot of those types of events and we're really excited to get to know the Chicago community more and give back and be a part of it. Like that's, that to me is like why we do the stores and, you know, we're, we're three, I don't know, four weeks into being here, but that's another thing that we can't wait to jump into. Oh, I love it. I have so many ideas, but I'll save them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So Eliza, anything else you want to say about the future of the sill and and your big, big goals? I mean, you know, I think everyone should have big goals. I love the concept of this, of this conversation of, you know, talking about goals in the past and how we achieve in the future. So, you know, we, there's so many plant puns I could say, but like, we're just trying to keep, (laughs) we're just, we're just going to keep growing, you know, personally, professionally as a business. We're just so excited. Yeah. Um, in my head, I was like, we're just staying grounded. We're just trying yeah. to root ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're putting our roots in Chicago to grow. 
Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, I have two rapid fire questions for you, okay. uh, if you're ready. Yes. Um, and for dear listener or viewer at home, the first one, I'm cheating because we had this conversation before we got started. So Eliza, naming your plants, are you for it or are you against it? I am for it to an extent because I have, admittedly, I only have one of 70 plus plants that has a name, <laughs> but it's our dear Roberta. And uh, we love her so deeply that my husband actually has her tattooed on his arm, if you can believe it. <laughs> and Roberta is a rubber tree, correct? Exactly. Or a rubber plant? Exactly. Yep. Um, and before the podcast got started, I actually, I introduced Eliza to my, my dear Fiona, who's back there. I moved her into this room just so that they could meet. Um, and then Eliza named another plant for me, Harriet. So now she has a name too. I'm pro naming plants, but that's just for me. I don't have 70. Um, Eliza with 70 plus plants, how, how do you care for them when you are away? Um, well, I haven't been away for a long time, <laughs> admittedly, um, but I have a very good routine and there's a lot of tips. So actually here's self-promotion right now. You can go to our blog and visit us and read about how to uh, prep your plants for a vacation. Cause there's a lot of great tips and tricks about pulling them away from the windows, putting them mm-hmm. together to create microclimates. I also have very hardy plants. I don't mm-hmm. go for like the finicky ferns that need to be misted every day. I like to water my plants no more than once a week. And, you know, if you need to stretch it two weeks because you're on vacation, it's not too bad. So I have all of the hacks for you. Oh, I like it. We'll link to that in the show notes. Um, Last question, and you do not have to have a good answer, but I'm curious, is there anything you do that helps you stay grounded um, or safe? There's there's nothing that makes me feel better than a good night's sleep. Mm. And I think think people really um, don't sleep enough. And I think it's pretty important that we sleep. So uh, I'm, I'm pro sleep. And I say, if you need to go to bed at 830, go to bed at 830. Team sleep over here too. Yeah. Um, I love that. I mean, it's when your brain does all of its recovery. It's when yeah. your body does all of its recovery. Yeah. We need more sleep. Yeah. Well, Eliza, it has been an absolute delight to have you on the podcast. Uh, this has been another episode of We Got Goals, which is in a sweatlife.com production. Thank you to Ryan Deffitt for audio editing and to Ryan Baruga for video production. Liza, it was lovely. Thank you so much.